John Cena years ago for wrestling came out with an album and he is good um and i'm upset because what happened is i was in a car with my white buddy he just is playing the music he's got the ox and he plays this song and i was like this is low-key these are some good bars who is this and he goes john cena and i was like fuck damn it (laughs) damn it so that's so now i'm worried that this is what's gonna happen so give me this john cena what do you got Welcome to the other side of the tracks. My name is Jamie Driscoll. And I'm Caleb Brainy. And this week we find out when love brings so much joy, why it must bring so much pain, and who came and ate up all of our corn. Because this week we listened to... Uh, <laughs> this week we listened to uh, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys and Cloud Nine by The Temptations. Uh, notable bands from, from similar oh, yeah. eras. Oh, yeah. Very different sounds. <laughs> uh, That's a way to put it. Yeah. And I, you know what? I can't, I can't say this was one of my favorite albums that you've given me. Interesting. Interesting. I had a feeling, but I would say the same to you. So I feel like this I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had I, a feeling. Yeah. This. Uh, I was just assuming that, like, I didn't think that you would love this album, but I don't think it was your least favorite out of the ones I've given you. That would be my guess. Are you putting it in least favorite? Your your look? No. <laughs> it, it wasn't my least favorite. I think when I, I think when I think of the Temptations, this isn't this. There's only one song on this mm-hmm. entire album mm-hmm. that matched my expectations when it come comes to the Temptations. Uh, but over overall, it was fine. It just fell flat. There was nothing really for me to grip onto. There was nothing mm-hmm. I was humming along to or thinking about or wanting to revisit really mm, mm, okay okay uh, but we can we can get off and running I, I got a little uh some background information on the temptations oh really quick do we want to talk about our, oh, yeah. our our new structure the thing that we're going to do here oh yes yeah please yes yeah, so um what jamie and i have decided is that we um will no longer go through each track um but what we'll do is uh we'll we'll name all of the tracks just so that all of you know what's on this album but we are picking five tracks to kind of really dive into from each album that we talk about. Uh, so we'll name the tracks so that you still know what the album is and you know what like what we skipped and didn't talk about. Um, but the ones we really want to dive into a few of them, and so that's our way of like managing time better. So that'll be our new structure, and we are we're gonna shift to uh, Cloud Nine as our first one. Yeah. Um... So uh, some background te- uh, information on the Temptations. Uh, they were formed in Detroit in the 60s from, uh, they're kind of a hybrid of two bands, uh, the Cavaliers and the Primes. Uh, in the in the classic 60s lineup, we had Otis Williams, Melvin Franklin, David Ruffin, Eddie Kendricks, and Paul Williams. And we've, we went over this in the uh, Kendrick Lamar episode. Kendrick was actually named after Eddie Kendrick uh, mm-hmm. of the Temptations. Uh, the lineup would produce the band's biggest hit, My Girl. Uh, a song that has never waned in popularity since its release. <laughs> everybody knows that fucking song. Yeah. I got sunshine. Oh, we can't mm. even do it justice. But every you put that song on mm. anywhere, we're fucking mm. grooving. Mm. My girl is an eternal bop. Mm. That's my first eternal bop. <laughs> eternal. <laughs> the band would see uh, many vocalists come and go, uh, resulting them in having a somewhat rocky or unstable reputation. Uh they kind of blazed the trail for Destiny's Child in terms of getting yep. rid of members and adding new ones <laughs> in and this and that. Uh, they were the first Motown band to win a Grammy. Uh, it was actually going to oh. Cloud Nine in 1971. Ayo. 
which I was a little surprised at because again, this isn't this isn't the sound I think of when I think of the Temptations. But mm. uh, Cloud Nine is would give birth to what would become known as psychedelic soul. Uh, taking inspirations from funk bands like Sly and the Family Stone and Funkadelic. Mm. This new sound featured heavy, driving bass, as well as heavily modified sounds in post. So this is oh, the yeah. first time Temptations were doing that. Oh, but I was feeling it. <laughs> as soon as I hit you with the wank thing, Caleb's already feeling it in his body. It's for me, all right? Oh. Uh... And Cloud Nine was the first uh, album where each vocalist had an opportunity to take lead. In the past, there had kind of just been one guy, one or two guys who were uh, lead vocals, and everyone else was providing uh, backup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this album pro- proved to be divisive among money money fans. Some yearned for the classic Motown sound, while others praised the band for going into this bold new direction. Mm-hmm. And finally, The Temptations remain an enduring presence, uh, named on countless top 100 bands of all time, and are stated as an influence for nearly every major male vocalist since. Uh, Temptations are a big fucking deal. <laughs> that phrasing was crazy. Just every male vocalist since. Jeez. I mean, I, I was looking it up doing research, and I mean, fucking everybody's just like, oh, I mean, I'm just pulling names out of my ass, but you know. Bruno Mars, fucking Michael mm-hmm. Bublé, goddamn mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. across all races and ages fucking love the Temptations and rightfully so. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna get down to to my uh, to my five tracks that I that I pulled out. Uh, first, we got to start with Cloud Nine. Yep, Cloud Nine. Yep. is a representation. We've got these big funky drums with the vocals coming in, and it's kind of it's kind of an upsetting song. It's a. It's about being destitute, not having a good time. The line: "It was a one-room shack that slept ten other children besides me." Mm-hmm. I was really hoping that's hyperbole, because that's Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you. You. What do you think? I. I will tell you. So they're from Detroit, right? Um, oh yeah. And a lot of like racial um, sensitivity trainings that I've been to and things like that. Uh, one of the things that we'll talk about is like the phrase where people are like, people are starving in Africa, right? And like how problematic that is to say. Uh, and so in a lot of presentations, what they'll do is they'll do a side-by-side pick of a place in Africa and then like people living in poverty in a city. And almost always it's Detroit. <laughs> um, and so, wow. and so like, it's like, and they go, which one do you think is Africa? If you're going to, you know, use that stereotype or you're going to say that phrase. And they're like, there are people right. in America who are like, they're, be, be better about this. Um, and so that is kind of what that, that kind of is probably real. It's probably not a hyperbole. Like it prop, that is a thing. Uh, well, goddamn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's deeply problematic. And I wish that wasn't <laughs> so. Yep. Uh, next line I pulled out. Uh, yeah. I left home seeking a job that I never did find. Depressed and downhearted, I took to Cloud Nine. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking this cloud might be like a drug cloud, like smoke, smoke cloud. What do smoke, you think? Smoke cloud. I know. Okay, so I was torn by this, right? Because in no other part of this album do they really mention drugs, right? Like that's not like a thing that happens. Clearly, we know in, in rap we've got people who who are do drugs, right? We've but. They haven't, and they don't for the rest of this album. So it was really hard for me to want to say, yes, they're talking about drugs, but it's really hard to figure out what else they could be talking about besides just playing away from reality, right? Like, instead of just being like, oh, and I've chose to daydream, right? It seems like it's way more likely to be drugs. (laughs) I think it's likely to be drugs, too. And I was surprised. I was surprised at it. Because at first I was like, maybe. And then I was like, oh, yeah, because... At one point, he says, "Like you're so far from reality, or you're so far removed from reality." Mm-hmm. So I, I, and, and it seems to be a condemnation, condemnation of uh, using drugs as an escape. It doesn't seem to be like, mm-hmm. "Hey, everybody, let's all get fucked up because it's great." It's like, "Ooh, you think you're this and that? Like you're just on cloud nine, baby. <laughs> Come back to reality. Don't, don't, don't." <laughs> Sass you just gave me. <laughs> Come back. Uh, uh, uh. The finger was swinging. Uh. <laughs> 
Oh, and also another another thing I noticed in this song, uh, I was very aware of the sa- of the room he was recording in. Like his voice was just you. C- could you hear that? It was like reverberating off the walls. Like it seemed like he was singing Ooh. too loud for the room or the microphone. Like he was really giving it his all. I didn't all. catch that, but they do belt, so like it makes sense. <laughs> it was a big belting moment, uh, and I just really enjoyed his his harsh yet melodic vocals, mm. and it had that like. Almost like a train track sound. It was, 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 it was fine. Yeah. It's fine. What'd you you think of Cloud Nine? I thought, I I liked Cloud Nine. Uh, I love the funk to it like that. So I understand that some people, I guess at the time didn't love it, but I think it's great. Um, I, I also just believe that like funk is probably one of the most accessible genres of all. So really? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just like, if you don't like funk, Something's probably wrong with you. Um, <laughs> it just—it's like uh, what's that? The t- it's like the Turing test. It's uh, like <laughs> if you play funk and people don't move to it, they're probably robots. <laughs> that, like that's what you need to do to be like, ah, oh, you're not real. You're not a real person. Um, <laughs> what I will say about <laughs> what I will say about Cloud Nine that I really appreciate uh, is that it is very. Um, What's, what's the phrase? It brings real life into it right away, right? So even though we're mm, talking about yeah. Cloud Nine, one of the things that I love and I think I attribute a lot to, to black music, but it's, it happens to all music, I understand. But, like, this, this telling You didn't your, like admitting that. You rolled your <laughs> eyes. You're like, ugh, other people feel feelings too. Ugh, kills me. Um, well, and, and we'll get back to this when we start talking about Beach Boys, but, like, that, this is... They were, we are at least naming, like, real problems here. We lived in a house with ten other kids in a run-room shack. Like, that is a hard life. Um, oh, so, man. Like, we've got to at least name that. Of, like, we, we do have – and I was thinking about it when it comes to you talking about how you judge better albums or whatnot is, is like, vulnerability in some of that way. Mm, and I thought mm-hmm. this was a mark in Temptation's Corner for vulnerability, right, for, for, for bringing that yes. out. Um, yes, yes. Yes, I love – this is, you know, the first song in the album, and after that uh, it continues to happen. But I love whoever has the higher, uh, like, vocal range. Whoever that is, fucking love that person. Uh, every time they come in, I'm like, yeah. Uh, there's a part where there's, like, uh, you ain't got no responsibilities, and then, like, the ah comes in that's like, oh. Yes. Oh. Uh, it's great. Um, but, yeah, that's Cloud9. I was actually intrigued. You said – you think it's like wagging its finger at drugs. I was curious about it being um, anti-capitalism um, by going Go try to get a drug, but or try to get a job, but didn't want it, right? Or didn't get one. Uh, my dad didn't understand the the thing of hard work, but then they start doing Cloud Nine, whatever that is. Um, but I Cloud Nine. But could we? Could we equate Cloud9 to, like, chasing your musicianal dream, like being an artist rather okay, than being a capitalist, getting a job? I went to get a job, never got one. Now I'm a singer. I'm living Cloud9. I get to live this life that I love or, like, imagine and make art, which is, like, my escape from real life. That was my – I was really trying not to do drugs. Uh, <laughs> I, I can see it. I can see it. I, I, think, I think that's a valid interpretation. What I'd say is the biggest flaw here in the song overall is lack of evidence either way. <laughs> um, right. Like, because I think one more, one mention of drugs, and I'd be like, it's clearly drugs, right? Um, but it's not, and that makes it almost too open to interpretation. Like, mm. I can make my argument, and you can't really find evidence against it, but it's not really helpful either, right? Like, and that's, right. that's a problem. It's one of those one of those things where just because you you win the argument doesn't mean you're right. You ever had that? Yes. <laughs> it's, yes. it's like a yeah, lot. you win, but doesn't mean you're right. But Interesting. Okay, let's, Cloud let's, nine. Uh, move on. I do I do like that interpretation though. Next we uh, we have to do we have to do heard it through the grapevine. I right? knew I knew it. Yep. So this was interesting because in my head. When, when someone mentions I heard it through the grapevine, this is not the version I hear. I knew it. In my head. Yeah, you're hearing probably the, what so, is it, Marvin Gaye? Yes, the original version was performed and released by Marvin Gaye only three years earlier. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Which is surprising. Like, it, it, you don't really... There's only one other time I can I can remember a, a song being, you know, a big popular song and then being remade or re-released by a different artist very, very quickly. Mm. And I know you're not going to know this, but uh, White Stripes released a song called Fell in Love with a Girl in, like, 2001 or 2002. Do you know that song? Nope. Fell in love with a girl. No? And then, like... And then, like, three years later, uh, I forget the artist, but it was a female artist. She she released the exact same song, but it was, like, redone as this, like, like almost funky, like, sultry, like, fell in love with a girl. <laughs> I forget. I forget her name. It was, like, Josie something. Interesting. But I thought, I thought it was weird. Uh, I, I liked that signature barbershop-esque vocal right. melody that I think, that's what we think of when we think of the Temptations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, want, I want to point out, because as as much as much as we have fun here on mm-hmm. uh, on mm-hmm. the other side of the tracks, there's the line, "I know a man ain't supposed to oh. cry." That's false. That's false. <laughs> That's toxic masculinity, yeah, and I'm stopping it. it here. And we now. don't buy it. We don't do it. We can cry. We can cry. We can have a full range of emotions. We owe it to ourselves, and we owe it to society to be better and cry when we need to cry. Let those tears flow. <laughs> Let them out. I always say it's like it's like your your emotions are your, your tears are like your emotions taking a shit. You, you gotta get it out. You gotta get it out. Or else it's gonna so back gross? up. It, it's gonna back up. It's gonna become impacted and it's gonna become a problem. You gotta right. cry it out. Don't be put on some death cab. Cry it out. <laughs> that's how you. That's how you feel it. We do have to acknowledge. I think both of our groups today are sad boys. So I do think that's the thing. Um, yeah, it's an interesting yep. thing. We yeah. did it again. Um, but yes, keep going. The next line I pulled out uh, is "Losing you would end. Losing you would end my life. You see, uh, because you mean that much to me. Losing you would end my life. That's also kind of a. We get some Beach Boys in there as well. Yep. And this is true. But I had the thought. You know what? We live a thousand lives in a given lifetime. We've lived all. Caleb, I bet you can. You can segment. Your life oh, into yeah. different into all little these different areas. Chunks. Yep. Sometimes lives end, buddy. Sometimes mm. it's time for things to come to an end. Mm. And move on. Don't hang on. Uh, that, that's that's one thing go. that is super interesting about uh, this album is there's so much desperation. Like there's clear, like fully, fully, like uh, we are desperate, and a lot of it is make or made or break, make or break by romantic relationship, right? Like, that's most of what makes you a person in this album, right? And whether you're Absolutely. going to live or not. And I, I noticed that, too, and I thought to myself, black music has changed <laughs> by being like, baby, I love you, I love you so much, come back to me, oh, I'll be destroyed if you left me, no! <laughs> and then you get to, like, confessions where it's like, I was fucking this bitch over there, and then I pulled this bitch's hair. Like, <laughs> it was just like... Sunday I fucked her, then I fucked her sister. Um, it's so but I different. Knew I shouldn't. Okay, but I do want to name this about uh, you, you mentioned Marvin Gaye, and and um, we're talking about I heard it through the grapevine, and one thing that's really huge. I took a African American studies course uh, in college, and one of the things that we talked about was actually Marvin Gaye uh, and the section of of music that comes uh, during that time, and we're talking right. Uh, we're talking late 60s is when this album comes out, right? So we're talking post-civil rights movement. And there was actually a really big shift away from wanting to talk about all of that and wanting to talk about, like, arguably the more, like, universal human experience of, like, romance and love and softness. Uh-huh. So Marvin Gaye got really big for the same thing. And I would argue The Temptations are riding that same that same wave, right? Because this album barely touches on anything else, right? We've got, you know, the tin room, uh, the tin people in the one room shack in, in our last song. And we've got maybe one or two other ones that have references to like larger problems. But almost all of this is romance and it has to do, um, or at least studies, uh, what is it? Uh, assume the shift was because of what like society needed at that time and what black people were looking for, mm-hmm. which is that we've been fighting for so long now like let's please look at something else for a second um 
and, and talk about other parts of us being human rather than just our blackness because blackness doesn't really come up in this album at all uh, it's just black no. men singing about love um and we also just got to talk about huh. how big it is that we've got black men talking about lo- like the softness after after marching we've got this love and that we're so tender um is is me. kind of important so sorry cat just bit me <laughs> no but that that is that's, that's, that's interesting and i in some ways what do, what do you how does this land on your ears by being like it's not. We're not singing about being black. We're singing about the universal truth of love and romance. Mm-hmm. Is that more progressive, or is it less? Like, does a black artist owe it to themselves or the black community to talk about like this is what it's like to be black, oh, or is it oh, being like this is what it's like oh, to be human? Oh, oh, okay. So, <laughs> way to Other open up a lot back, for baby. me. Because <laughs> that's huge, right? So uh, for those of the, the people who don't know, right, my stage name is The Negro Artist, right? And it's from Langston Hughes' essay, The Negro Artist and the Racial Mountain, where this black artist comes up to Langston Hughes and says, I don't want to be a black artist. I just want to be an artist, right? Why do I have to write writing about blackness? Like, I want to just be an artist. Don't, why do I have to be black? And, and Langston Hughes is like, you will always be a black artist, period. Um, and one, you should celebrate that. There are stories that you can tell that no one else can. And two, you'll never escape that. Every time that you perform, you share your art, you will still be seen as black. That's the society that we're in. So then also, you can't convince yourself that you're ever writing something. When you're writing about love, you're still writing about black love, period, mm. because you are a black artist. It's it's no way around that. Um and so in the same way, I think uh, there should be space for all black artists to do, to write whatever it is that they want to write and know that it is reflecting black culture, period, right? Like it is blackness and blackness isn't a monolith or what I would argue here in this time period where we're shifting to so many love songs, it plays a role of going, hey, black people are more than just the ones who march in the street. We do that. We do that. But we also love our ladies, um, we can't live without them, right? Like, we'll die in the street for, you know, our rights, but we will also not keep existing if we don't have our loved ones. Um, and so I think it's really, it does a lot of work to make sure that we keep seeing black people as more than just one thing. Mm. So I'd say it's progressive, but it also depends on timing. Mm. Okay. That's a, that's a great point. Um, and I just want to, Let's put it out there that Caleb and I did march in the streets together at one point. Remember that? We did. Remember? We did. We did. I forgot. You're right. I remember. I was like, oh shit, Caleb's there. I was oh, like, man. I wonder how he heard about this. Um, <laughs> how do you hear about this black movement? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that, 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 that's not a good joke. It's hilarious. I thought, I, I, so I've heard this song a million times before, like everybody else. And for the first time, like, sitting down listening to it i realized he's upset because he heard it around town that his wife is woman's gonna leave him aside from straight from her and i was like oh that's why he's singing yeah um <laughs> he's like could have just told and him. only black music can rhyme, <laughs> i'm so interested all right what is it <laughs> can rhyme let me go with the word before <laughs> how did he do it i missed it uh, uh, let me go. Before. Ah. <laughs> I can't do that. Nope, not at all. Before. Uh, oh, thoughts on Heard It Through the Grapevine? Right, yeah, so we've got it. It's a classic, right? Um, I love the gritty growl of his voice. Mm. I just like that, that, um, tone, I don't know, is great. Um, uh, let's see. And, of course, again, I still love the highest vocal. I love that. So I, I just can't get over it. Um, and then there's this section that, like, I think you mentioned it, like the barbershop quartet, like the bums that are happening. And I was like, okay, so yeah. so white people do sha-la-la and black people do the bum 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 And I was like, okay, all right, I'll accept it. Um, but, yeah, that's really all I have for I Heard It Through the Grapevine. 
Okay. Uh, moving on, I think you know there's no way we're not talking about run, Runaway Child Running Wild. How long is this song, huh? <laughs> it's like nine minutes. It's a crazy song. It is a bananas song. Uh, yeah. And it was like, this was on the radio. This was like a radio hit. This was a radio cut? Crazy. Okay, that's wild. This is when the song, this is when we start getting real funky, like porn mm. funky. We're getting mm. extra funkadelic. Mm. George Clinton's coming in. <laughs> and they seem to be addressing teens in this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I thought mm-hmm. was strange because I think these guys are like at least 45 at this point, <laughs> where they're trying to like relate to the teens about not okay. running away from home. I have a theory. I have a theory. Um, I love is, to hear it. They are they're from Detroit. I'm thinking this is almost like a PSA. Like this is like a this is like a kids. Like we are a big name. You're gonna listen to us. Please stop. We love you. Please don't run away. Like I think I think it really Please was like a desperate. Like our neighborhood is been is having this issue. What can we do as artists? We're gonna say. Please, please, stop. it's not a good idea, buddy. <laughs> but it's it's so weird to be like, listen, guys, uh, we're cutting we're cutting this album. I really want to make a song about telling kids uh, not to run away from home. It's just so it's such a weird problem. It's like uh, it's uh, okay. Maybe it was a bigger problem in Detroit at the time of like kids running away from home. But you just don't even I don't even think about that anymore. But I think it was it was way bigger. Also, like we have way more ways of connecting and finding kids, which I'm assuming they didn't. So I think that's part of it too, right? It's like what were the ways to really get out? This is like the dare program, but for runaways, right? It's like temptations being like, don't do it. <laughs> Just say no to running away. Um, it's not fun. Do you hear the kid crying? Like it's not a good time. <laughs> we'll get which there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, one thing I wanted to name. Did those. you ever run away from home? Okay. So no, <laughs> um, but I did have a bag packed for most of my life. Um, <laughs> most of your life? Yeah, most of my life living <laughs> with my family. I did have a bag packed. <laughs> I'm not lying. Was it in like, was it in like clear view? So like your parents no. knew like, <laughs> no, it I'm wasn't ready. a threat. <laughs> uh, it was like a when it, when the time comes, I'll know and I'll be ready. Uh, <laughs> How old? Uh, how old did I start that? Probably, yeah. I think 12. 12 okay. would make the most sense. So at 12 through when I graduated. Uh, <laughs> and and the bag got revised. So the bag was funny because it was things I needed to, like, live, right? Like, I, I had a tarp. Like, I had, like, things that I was like, I'm going to need this. Um, but then I also would store things that I thought I could sell to make money if I had to run away. Like, I was – like, I had thought this through. I, I need to be I am impressed. Clear. I need to be clear that my home life was not that bad. Like, there was no reason for me to like, <laughs> Like, as I reflect on it, I was like, dude, like, why were you running away? And, like, why were you going to try to sell your Voltron collection? Like, that doesn't make sense. Um, like, Oh, wow, Voltron, nice. <laughs> um, it was just like, what a weird life I was living. Um, did you ever run away? I ran away for, like, an hour. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. And, but I was smart. I was smart. Well, I was kind of smart. <laughs> I, I purposely went out the front door, which, which makes a lot of sound. And then I fucking doubled back into the woods so that my parents went out the front. They were going the wrong way, baby. And I, but I, I had nowhere to go, and I came back in like an hour. So you didn't plan ahead. So if we would have teamed up, you had the guts to do it. I just never did. I got lost Ooh, a yeah. lot, though. I did get lost. I would wander. Uh, like, And my family would think I ran away, but I didn't. Um, like police had been lost. called and searching for me because like we were like at a downtown festival and I'm talking probably eight at this point right but I'm chilling and I just leave my family um, <laughs> and I'm talking about three hours they looked for me uh, oh called the police people were searching we brought family like everyone was and I'm just chilling I was I went there was some musician singing like down the street and I just walked there and I'm little so there were people surrounded and they just couldn't see me and that was it. That was my. <laughs> and now, could you imagine if you were watching a child and you you hadn't seen them for three hours? You're gonna lose. You you, would you be... just watched your niece and nephews, yeah. right? Oh my or, god! Right? Yeah, yeah. Imagine not seeing them for. I would three have hours. lost my fucking mind. 
Jesus. So then you would make a song, Run Away Child, Running Wild, Don't Do It. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Other Side of the Tracks. We just wanted to take a second to thank some folks before we jump back into the episode. First off, thank you to The Milker Project for the use of their arrangement of Never Going Down Again. Scope them out on YouTube for more great arrangements. We also want to thank our sponsors for today's episode. If you want to help keep the lights on over at Sad Boy HQ, you can do so either via our Patreon at patreon.com backslash other side of the tracks or shoot us an email at other side of the tracks cast at gmail.com your support means the world to us if you're unable to financially support oh wait shit i was gonna make a joke <laughs> <laughs> keep that in that's funny <laughs> if you're unable to financially support you can always share us with someone you think would enjoy us our sponsors for today's episode are caleb the negro artist rainy that's me who has a couple of poetry books out um, the first one is Look Black Boy. The second is Heart Notes. You can also get the first spoken word album, Look Black Boy, on my website, thenegroartist.com. The other sponsor is Editor Taylor's podcast, The Tantalus Tales, a real place story-driven D&D podcast. Scope it out wherever you find podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We love hearing from you listeners, so feel free to reach out to us via social media. Enjoy the rest of the show. When it comes to finances, no one likes to admit that they have no idea what they're doing. But lucky for you, there's Edward Jones. At Edward Jones, they have an established process to help you reach your goals and take control of your finances. They want you to know what's most important to you, and they'll stick with you to keep you on track. If you'd like to learn more, reach out to Edward Jones advisor Jim Nipple. That's right, Nipple, at edwardjones.com backslash jim dash Nipple. K-N-I-P-P-L-E. Silly name, serious about money. I just can't believe that there's a morality tale about obeying your parents on, <laughs> on this album. Uh, the, the line, uh, roaming through the city, going nowhere fast, you're on your own at last. Hey, it's getting late. Where are you going to sleep? You're getting kind of hungry. You forgot to bring something to eat. Like... <laughs> It's just so strange being like, hey, get ready. It's like, oh, you think you're going to run away? You think you're going to be a badass? Where are you going to sleep? What are you going to eat? What are you going to do? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we hear the sirens and, and the line, uh, are they looking for you? You're frightened and confused. And I thought, <laughs> it sounds like me on an edible. The <laughs> <laughs> streets of Chicago looking for pizza. I just want some pizza. Um, I thought it was a very apt radio with excellent time timing broadcasting a story about runaway youths mm. <laughs> in the song. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, I wonder if this was scary in 1969. Like, I wonder if this fell on, like, a 12 or 13-year-old's ears and was like, you know what, never mind, I'm not going to do it. Doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. Seems scary. For me, I felt like it, all it did was point out all the pitfalls and, like, clearly this is why you need to pack a bag. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's a, it's actually teaching kids and then when of course at the end when we had the the child screaming our mama yeah yeah i was like oh my god this is a child child it's this is aimed kid. at children this isn't aimed at teens no this is aimed at like Eight, nine, ten yep. year old yep. kids. Yep, that could that kid could have been six. Like that voice was yes. a little. Yes, it was a. It was. I didn't like it. <laughs> That's what's crazy when you tell me it was on the radio. It's like imagine getting in your car, turning it on, being like, hit the radio, and then this Ooh, kid temptations. is just crying. <laughs> I want my mother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and it just kept going. Yep. This song kept going i'll say i'm gonna say it overstayed its welcome we could we could have cut this off at six minutes now i have i have a theory i have a theory right because i always think that like these choices are intentional and maybe they're for a good reason uh we're just really we really 
give the benefit of the doubt. Um, and so I was thinking about you make this song nine minutes and thirty eight seconds. Why? <laughs> right? When when our vocals singing pretty much cuts off at around five minutes. Like around five yes. minutes in, we're done. We play some music and then the kid starts crying. But like generally <laughs> we are done with like vocals. We're done with the song, the singing part of it. And I was thinking about it as like a uh, uh, um, almost like an experience of you've bitten off more than you can chew, right? So you're in okay. this song, and now you're in it. Do you like it? You want to leave, don't you? It's still going. <laughs> so that they're holding the audience hostage, yes, is that what you're saying? Yes, kind of like that. Of like, Which is what happens when you run away, right? Is that you're stuck, and you don't know where you're going to spend the night, and you're here, you're stuck, and you want to get out. This is what run. This is what running away is like. The voices cut out around the five minute mark, and then you're left alone. Mm. Yep, that could be it. You're left alone, and then we get the kid crying. I do think it's like the experience. They're like, "You want to be on your own? There you go." All right. All you get is this funky bass. <laughs> Which isn't terrible, right? I could like walk through the street with that and be like, "I'm, I'm <laughs> running away." Uh, it still didn't need to be yeah, nine I, minutes. <laughs> no, and I, I, I never thought we'd get to an, a song on this podcast where the whole thing is, listen to your parents. <laughs> this is like, this is the turn where we gave you Lauren Hill and you're like, this is really conservative. Like, it's the same. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will be moving. Do you have any more thoughts oh, on Runaway Child? I do. I just have a, just a couple, I think. Um, oh, so there's music. Musically, this, this song does a cool thing, though. Where it's got the like buildup of the like high note in the guitar that they like strum 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 strum, and then uh, they drop out, and you've got that the uh, the line was roaming through the city, going nowhere fast, which you pointed out, right? But it's got like this pulse, right? So it's like we build it up, and then we've got the bass like roaming through the city, and it's I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved that. I just do want to name the the lyrics of the song are kind of ridiculous, but overall these. These men are good singers, right? Like we just oh do have God. to name that, and it's kind of be it's gonna be a lot like uh, to me a lot like our uh, Florence and the Machine, where we're like this is all musically good, like so we're gonna talk about some of the other things happening, but like I thought this, the the vocals, the singing is always captivating, always good, always like catching you, you're feeling it, even if they're saying some strange things, it's just it's enjoyable, so. Yeah, I think that's all I have about this. Uh, we, we hit everything else. Okay. Uh, now we're going to move on to Why Did She Have to Leave Me? <laughs> this was the temptation sound I was wanting that whole time. Mm. It was this perfect pairing of subtle bass guitar with a bright burst of lead guitar with easy, relaxed drums that just made me want to sway and snap. Mm, that's what yep. I think about that's when I think I about did. temptation. I just... did that too, yes. <clears throat> I, I wrote that as a note. This... I was like, this is one of those where you're swaying and you're snapping. <laughs> swaying and snapping. Um, I like the line, uh, her whereabouts I wished, uh, wished I knew. And I was like, wait a minute, was this the runaway child? But no. <laughs> I think the runaway child, as established, is clearly like, oh, child, like a, a six-year-old kid. screaming child. Yep. Uh, this was definitely my favorite song on, on the album, uh, just because of the sound, really nothing to do with the lyrics. The lyrics are about as deep as a kiddie pool. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Oh, the line I loved, oh my God, the line, uh, since you've been gone, my world is slowly turning to dust, so you see, find you, I must. <laughs> I love, Yoda there. I love when artists, yeah, <laughs> yes, they just make the lyrics work at all costs, almost like Lil Wayne, just like taking that lyrical square peg and pounding it into yep. a round hole, because like, that's what, we what we're here. doing. Yeah. Because we couldn't think of another word besides dust, so we have to stick with dust, <laughs> so find you, I must. <laughs> to find you, I don't want, it's, it, when you read it, it sounds like Dr. Seuss. So you see, find you, I must. <laughs> I didn't have too much uh, more on, on, on that. Uh, do you have anything? I didn't either. Um, I would say that this song, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but I have different playlists for different feelings, right? And one of them is like a breakup playlist. I call it Ouch. And I would put that, <laughs> <laughs> I would put this in that for sure. Um, and I did want to name, since we like are skimming through the album, one of the things um, 
I think it was just the previous song, song, right? Oh, in the previous song, Hey Girl, he says, like, I'll get on the ground and beg. And then we hit, why did she have to leave me? And then he is pretty much on the ground begging. Like, he is, he's begging in this moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. And it's it's even more so in, in the next song. Let's I do have. it. <laughs> Which is, Don't Let Him Take Your Love From Me. <laughs> yep. And the first thing I said, man, is, like, boys, boys. Confidence is key. Confidence is going to get you everywhere with women. And mm. these lyrics like, because uh, I feel his presence whenever I'm kissing you. Uh, I'm begging you. Uh, baby, please, I'm begging you. Uh, but pay no mind because I, I love you much more, my dear. My love is like mountains. He's just, he's all it's all begging and pleading and trying to get this woman back. And I'm like, dude, fucking just maybe relax a little and and have some confidence and the women are going to come trust me (laughs) (laughs) yes um confidence (laughs) no that was sweet no that was sweet that was nice so yes confidence she shuts the door get the fuck out of here uh right confidence is key i think that's what's really interesting about this is that they are almost always like in this album they're not in the wrong but they are so so sad um, like they oh, are yeah. so desperate. And I think that's it. I'm not even going to say confidence is key in this situation. Desperation does not look good on anyone. Um, Correct. And, and I was always wondering, like, does this song, do any of these songs ever work? Like, is, is this, could I sing this and get someone back? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I, I did, I did kind of crack this a little bit. Because, you know, when I was listening to all the... All, a lot of these songs in this album were all about, like, baby, come back. Baby, I yep. love you. Why don't yep. you leave me? I, I want you so bad. Come back. I'm so... I miss you. <laughs> and then I had the thought. I was like, wait a minute. Is this album aimed at women? So it gives women the power. Like, it, you know, if women are listening to this, it's... You know, they were a boy band. I'm sure they were as... On some level, as desirable as, you know, a Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or oh, whatever oh, the fuck. Sure. Jonas for Brothers. Sure. I'm sure like everyone had their favorite temptation, right? Like, everyone right. Like, oh, my God, this is the one for me. <laughs> so I wonder if this was appealing towards women of being, you know, having that power of, like, having men sing to them, like, oh, I love you, I love you, take me back, I'm begging you, baby, I'm begging. I wonder if that's appealing mm. to that audience. What do you think? I would say so, because that's a really big power dynamic, right? That's that's going, like, yes. oh, and almost <laughs> all of these songs that I still love you no matter what you did is, like, a big power shift um, that I do think would be somewhat appealing and like to be like, Oh, like they would love me no matter what. And you know what? I will treat you better. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. And then, and then my final thought on this one was, was just consistently, these dudes were just bumming me out and, and, and not, and not in the, in like the good, not like the good death cab or like take care yeah, way. Yeah. And it was like, it was like speaking to me. It just seemed like these dudes didn't get it. It just seemed like they were off the mark altogether. They were just really sad. They were just sad. Very unsuccessful romantically, which is, uh, you know. Okay, but we have to acknowledge some of them is like they were unappreciated, which is where I was like, you guys should stop singing songs about wanting them back if you were so unappreciated. We have this line, right? If you leave me Ah, for him. Ah, okay. If you leave me for him, you would truly be unfair. Now, just ask yourself, whenever you needed me, wasn't I always there? If you were, you were a good partner. <laughs> go home then. Like, let that go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you can have the confidence yourself being like, listen, I gave this my all. Yeah. If you can't respect that, yeah, fucking move on. Stay You're right. Away. I was like, bro, if she's already with someone else, let her go. Let it go. Call it a day. It's it. That's let it. She wasn't great to you. And she has someone else. And you were a good partner. Go go be a good partner with someone else. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you're just talking to me now. <laughs> <laughs> there were, I can't remember what song it was where I was like, this seems like a conversation Jamie needs to have. <laughs> in this in this album? Yes. Uh, I, ooh, it might have been in Beach Boys. Now I have to remember. It's written in my notes, so we'll find it. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's, it seems weird to have gone through an album so fast, but I feel like that's kind of the point yep. now. Yeah. Well, so, and I think yeah, with that's, this that's... album, it, it definitely made sense. Uh, 
not that every song sounded the same, but a lot of them hit a lot of the same notes. And so even yes. in this way, like this, this format, I think helps a lot with that. Yeah. Oh, really quick. I got to give a shout out to you. I got to find a way. One, I named that as a sad boy song. And two, they had a sexy sax solo for a second. And I just always got to name a good sexy sax. <laughs> so We love a sexy sax here on the other side of the tracks. We are always welcome to a sexy sax. Yes! Oh! <laughs> okay, okay. So oh, man. Temptations. So, that's Cloud Nine. We're going to. And now we are premiering. You, huh? <laughs> yes, I'm so excited about this. We are going to play a little game. Uh, the, the, uh, I've named this game Nice Try, White Guy, uh, <laughs> where I'm going to read uh, some lyrics to Caleb from an actual rap song. <laughs> And I'm also going to read uh, a line or bar that I have written, and we're going to see if Caleb can tell which one is which. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right. Are, are you ready? I'm ready. Wait, wait. How, how confident are you? Are, are, uh, just okay, going that's in. Good, that's a good question. So I'm, I'm nervous uh, because I'm not, I'm not <laughs> that confident. <laughs> I think I, – I don't think I've ever heard you actually try to write a bar, and so that's where I'm like, hmm, I'm intrigued. But – you are further enough like so far along in this journey that we've gone together that i do think you could probably write a competent bar which makes me think about this really quick uh tangent (laughs) is uh the two rappers that i think about in this moment are dwayne the rock johnson and john cena (laughs) and john cena being a better rapper this is news to me (laughs) the rock The Rock and John Cena are rapping? Okay, so The Rock is in a new song uh, from Tech 9 which you don't know, and I might give you eventually. But uh, he features on a song, and it's – I swear you've probably heard it. It's like, it's all about power. It's all about drive. I don't know. It's terrible. It's a bad rap. Um, Okay. I think put in drive, put in the hour. That's the rock rock who raps that verse. It's bad. Wow. Phrasing is terrible. It's all off. Um, it's, it's a bad song, but John Cena years ago for wrestling came out with an album and he is good. Um, and I'm upset because what happened is I was in a car with my white buddy. He just is playing the music. He's got the ox and he plays this song and I was like, this is low key. These are some good bars. Who is this? And he goes, John Cena. And I was like, fuck, damn it. (laughs) Damn it. So that's, so now I'm worried that this is what's going to happen. So give me this John Cena. What do you got? Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. We're doing we're doing three three rounds. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So f- first round. First first lyric. <clears throat> Sometimes feel like my head a screw, twisted like tornadoes too. Man, I'ma need some crazy glue. That's the first one. <laughs> okay. The second one. If you for real put all your game in it, beat up like a pussy because you know I came in it. Which one is real? Which one is me? I don't think I don't think that you would put put pussy in a bar. So I'm going with the the first one. The first one is me. Uh, incorrect. That is by Lil Wayne in the song "Can't Be Broken." <laughs> you went with the you went with mine. <laughs> yes, that's one for me. <laughs> All right. So the real one. <clears throat> I, I want to be clear. What I okay. I I guessed. But the second one was a little Wayne line. Uh, I I don't I didn't think uh, Jamie would put pussy in a line, and uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> little Wayne said the crazy glue, and that kills me. <laughs> that's also I'm good at games, like, man. White people are gonna about are gonna talk about crazy. He glue. said crazy glue. <laughs> Damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, all right. So now we got round two. Round two. Uh, the first was just was just two rhymes. This is getting a little more complex, okay? So number one, all these bitches talking like who you talking to? You already know I run these streets. I ain't prepared to lose. Damn. All that damn, sideways damn. talking like you're okay. taking a snooze. Let me ask you one question: Like who the fuck is you? Number one. Number two. Please don't be dumb. My hair always in a bun. You know what that means. I'll be ready for war. And remember, I got a gun. Okay. So the thing about this is, like, I don't think you would write about having a bun. 
and a gun and that's what's really upsetting is like i think that that <laughs> bar is worse but i think i think you've already played me once so i'm i'm gonna go with the real bar being the bun and gun one <clears throat> god damn it <laughs> damn okay that is correct okay. that was from cardi that was from cardi b's <laughs> leave that bitch better. alone it was better god damn it but but my bar is better. I'm happy. I'm in it. All right. <laughs> all right. La- last round. This is for so we got one and one. This is for all the marbles. Okay. Number one. You do you, cause I'm gonna be just fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got you out okay. of my mind. Okay. And the night is young. The drinks are cold. The stars are out. I'm ready to go. Number one. Number two. Rhyme's so dope, you can call it automatic. So high above you, like I'm going in the attic. Ooh, Take what ooh, I want. Ooh, no, I won't ooh, be diplomatic. Ooh, high ooh. precision, like they call it systematic. I, I, th- I'm I going with what I want to be true, which is that I want the second one to be a real bar. The second one is by me. Bitch! <laughs> yes! 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 The first one was by uh, Kanye West's See You in My Nightmares. <laughs> God damn it. I'm going to get good at this, but that is hard for me to accept. Um, and here we are. Maybe you should be a rapper. <laughs> I think I should. <laughs> I would have all I, I, your I, other I, career goals and just go for rapping. Yeah. I, I, I told you I want my rap name to be The Problem, but there's already a, there's already a rapper called The Problem. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, That's the problem. It's going down. It's going down. Either way, you mean me guaranteed to go down. Meet me in the trail. It's going down. Meet me in the mall. It's going down. Meet me in the club. It's going down. Either way, you mean me guaranteed to go down. All right. That's it. Fantastic. How long was that?